Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Hey, good morning, church. Come on now. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you in the house today. I want to invite your attention, if you have a Bible with you, to Romans chapter 13. If you don't, the verses will be up on the screen, and we hope that uh, you will uh, be encouraged by what we talk about today, because I believe it's an important thing uh, to discuss uh, this morning, especially in context of the Word of God. So I want to kind of jump right in this morning. I'm going to read the questions again to you. I know they were up on the, sc- uh, up on the screen. Uh, can I vote for a candidate that I am told is a racist? Uh, is, it, is abortion something that, I, that should persuade me to vote one way or another? Is it wrong not to vote if I cannot support any candidate? And what really are the most important issues for Christians to consider when voting? Isn't that fun, right? We're going to jump right into this this morning. So I'm going to tell, tell you three things about myself first. Okay? I need you to kind of, I'm not trying to get you to know me, but I'm going to try to have an exercise with you this morning. Uh, first thing I want to tell you about myself, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I am an avid fan of all Philadelphia professional sports teams. I don't know if you've ever heard that from me before, but uh, that's something that is absolutely true about Ed Trinkle, because I'm from there. I went to get my car uh, service yesterday, and the guy came out, and he said, and literally, he said, what's that crap all over your car? Because I have some Eagles things on my car, pardon my French, but... Um, and I told him, I said, well, I'm from, and this, this, and this, and we started going back and forth, and well, I'm a big Cowboys fan. I said, I'm happy you're a Cowboys fan. You're from Dallas. I said, I'm from somewhere else, but nothing but love, love your home team, blah, 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 blah. We were going back and forth. And for some reason, when my car was done, he called me up, my car's done, I went to go pick up my car. I had to wait about 45 minutes for my car to get driven around to me. And I wonder, I just wonder. A little bit of a get back. Anyway, so I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. Here's the second thing. My favorite flavor of ice cream, which I haven't had in over two years, but I dream about it sometimes, is cappuccino fudge chunk. Doesn't that just sound like God made that? You know what I'm saying? Cappuccino fudge chunk, my favorite kind of ice cream. Here's another one for you. Good tidbit of information. The first presidential election that I ever voted in, I voted for Ronald Reagan. So that's something you now know about me. So I want you to tell somebody sitting next to you or near you three things that are true about you, and then let that person tell you three three things true about them. You ready? Set. You ready to do that? Three things true about me, then three things true about you. Ready? Set. Let's all stand up in case somebody's sitting by themselves. Let's all stand. Let anybody stand by themselves. You ready? Don't stand by yourself. Ready? One. Two, three, go. Three things, three things. Ten seconds. Eight. Five, 
All right, very good, everybody sit down. Great job. Give yourselves a big hand. Come on now, let me see you again. Give a big hand to your friends. Very, very good. All right, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. First question is this. Did anybody tell you the same th three things about themselves that I said about me? Nobody did that, right? Okay, second question. Did anybody that you shared three things about you have the same exact three things about them that they shared about you? You had somebody exact same similar to you. Okay, no, of course not. So we all understand that we all feel differently about a lot of different things. Is, do you all agree with that this morning? Okay, so, so, so stay with me with this. So I want to read this passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 13. And when we, as we talk about this, thing, and listen, I know the election is not November 2019. It, the big, big election is November 2020. It is something that we are going to be exhaustively exposed to over the next year and a half. How many of you, I think we can all agree with this, how many of you hate TV time during election season? Raise your hand up in the air. How many of you love Netflix because of that? Amen, right? God bless Netflix and all of its great shows, right? I'm just kidding. But it's something we talk about. It's something that's, that, 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 that's, that, that gets a lot of exposure. And unfortunately, it's also something we respond to a lot. We'll hear somebody say something. We'll make our little opinion out there. We'll lie about things that we believe and some things like that. And it really is, is a subject matter that, that it's, it's not new that it divides our country um, or divides people because we're all so different. But, you know, we've been talking about laying some foundation down to some things as we answer some of these questions. And it's funny, uh, the questions that we, uh, that we asked, uh, that were asked, that, that you guys wrote down and put inside that box that's out in the hallway. We actually had a, a few more that were texted and even sent to me personally. And we tried to pull them down to, you know, just so there would be some common, out, uh, common ground with all of them. But it's amazing even how differently people talk about these things trying to provoke an answer. Like one uh, of the questions was almost a whole page that we, you know, kind of made it shorter because it was opinion, 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 question, you know, and that's okay. Listen, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not here to give you a persuasive speech about politics this morning, and you could definitely say amen to that, okay? What I want to do is help you and I understand better what we need to consider when we're having these conversations and even when we go to vote. So uh, let me read for you Romans chapter 13. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. I think they start at verse 2, but I'm going to back up and read verse number 1 for you this morning. It says, Let everyone be subject to the, government, the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, Whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on, themse on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those, th for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason." They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of the possible punishment, but also because as, as a matter of conscience. <coughs> God, 
This is also why you pay taxes. People don't usually amen that part, just so you know, and that's okay. This is why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their uh, full time of governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay your taxes. If it's revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And here's the most important part. If honor, then, then honor. So I, I want to kind of give you some, some, some things I think we really need to understand that's a bigger picture. I think sometimes uh, a lot of people, and I think, and listen, I think Christians are as guilty or even more guilty than anybody that you would say is on the far left or the far right. I really do. And I'm going to tell you why I believe that. Um, and, and it kind of goes along with this first point, and it's this. Every decision that we make in our lives should fall under the authority and submission to the Word of God. Let me read that for you again. Every decision that we make in our life should fall under the authority and submission to the Word of God. Listen to this verse out of Joshua chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We kind of forget sometimes that the highest conversation that we can have, we believe, a lot of people really believe this, is their opinion. And unfortunately, because of what social media and the, the, the ability for all of us to have some kind of platform. You know, I, I saw a show recently about follow, how many followers do you have? How many followers do you have on Twitter? How many followers do you have on this? How many followers do you have on that? I had somebody ask me one day, how many friends do you have on Facebook? And how many friends do you have on this? And I was talking to the person, they were like, well, here's how you can get more friends. Do you know, most of you know this, you guys know this, if you want more friends on Twitter or more friends on Facebook, there's a way to do that by paying a price or a fee, and they'll dump a lot of, somehow you'll get exposed to a lot more. So basically, you can pay people to be your friends. That's not a, that's a new concept, isn't it? Man, I want to get to 5,000 friends so that I can seem like I'm really, really popular, and people will listen to me, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to pay them to do that because they don't really know me anyway. You know, and it's really interesting how social media, and this is not a message about social media, but it's really interesting the impact, uh, and you really, listen, whether you're for social media or against social media, you cannot deny that it has had a huge, huge impact on our culture today. It's very, very real. Uh, I'm learning things about social media, even, uh, even uh, today, I learned that Facebook is for old people. I had somebody say that to me this week. Um, I was at a youth camp a few weeks ago. And I, I said to the students that were there, hey, if you want to follow me on Facebook, and somebody went, oh my gosh, you are old. I said, what do you mean? It's not Facebook anymore. People aren't doing Facebook anymore. I, I think there's a lot of people on Facebook. At least, at least Russians are. Anyway, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other, that's a whole other. Little, that was just a joke, I promise you. But we need to remember that, listen, everything that we decide to do in our life It's not about what other people think, and it's really not about our opinions. And we like to kind of justify what we do by talking about uh, what's really referred to as situational ethics. Well, I do this, and I believe this because of these things that have happened in my life. And I do this, and I believe this because of the parents that I have or the parents that I didn't have. Or I do this, or I believe this because of where I'm from or what my social background is or my economic background is or my uh, uh, geological background is. And we have, listen, the reason that we do what we're supposed to do if, now that's a key word there, 
if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've invited him into your heart, if you've submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then what we need to do in our lives is seek his approval before we seek the approval of everybody else. That's got to be our foundation. And listen, if that's not your foundation, and it's, it's interesting because we get, funny, we get funny about when people have other opinions from other religions or other religious backgrounds, and we get very judgmental on that. You know, we're like, oh man, you know, they don't have these values because they're not Christian, or they don't have these values because they've never been to church, or they don't do this, or they don't do that. Listen, you know what the Bible says about people that don't know Christ as Savior? First of all, we need to be light and salt to them so that they're drawn to Jesus Christ. But also, we have to understand the Bible teaches us that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. People that don't know Christ are not going to be submitted to his lordship. But we get offended at that. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing that. And because you're a Christian, we kind of sometimes we put ourselves in a place where we think we're better than. And we kind of look down on people that, you know, practice different or vote different or believe different or act different. You know, we get all offended. I'm offended. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't support that lifestyle. I don't support that or I don't support this. We have to be very careful that people know more of what we do support than what we don't support. Because here's what happens in our conversation. When we are so aggressive in communicating to people what we're against, they don't hear the most important message, and that's what we're for, and that's Jesus Christ. It's not important that somebody votes like you. And I'll tell you about that a little bit more in a little bit. What is important is what's going to happen to that person when they see God face to face someday. Are they going to be able to give an account of their lives from a time they heard the message of salvation because you invited them to church, because you were living a life that was pure and holy and and not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but people came to you because there was something solid in you that they could count on. Hey, I'm going through this thing in my family. Can you help me? I'm going through this thing in my family. Can you pray for me? I'm going through this thing in my life. Can you give me some guidance? They'll come to you if they see that something's real in you, and that's Jesus Christ. Every decision we make, who we vote for, what we do in our lives, what we watch on TV, what we listen to on the radio, the way that we talk to people, the things that we do throughout our day. Listen, the way that we drive, the way that we play, the way that we have fun, the way that we do everything. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Authority and submission to the word of God. Here's the second thing. The only hope for the future of the world is not with a candidate or a political party or agenda. It is only with Jesus Christ. That's it. Listen, I think we, we put undue pressure on potential political candidates believing they're going to make everything in our world perfect. We'll never have to pay taxes again. The national debt will be cleared up tomorrow. There'll be no more murders. There'll be no more stealing. There'll be no, no, those things are going to happen because there's somebody that's walking around this world like a roaring lion seeking who may may devour, and that's Satan. And unfortunately, Satan has a bigger influence on our world today than Jesus Christ does, but that's not going to be forever. Well, we think that, you know, if we vote for this person, everything is going to be better. And frankly, I'm going to tell you something. If the greatest 
most pure, holy, clean, awesome, wise, unbelievable, male or female candidate. Can I get an amen, ladies? Okay. Rises to power, they're not going to make everything perfect in our country. It's just not going to happen. But we sometimes, you know, sometimes we expect and we put all of our eggs into one basket when it comes to these kind of things. The only hope for the world is not with a candidate, political party, or agenda. It's only with Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, neither is there salvation in any other. Now listen to this. For there's no other name under heaven given to men, wherefore we must be, we must be saved. We have to understand the hope of the world today is in Jesus Christ. We like things about different political candidates. And they're smart. Listen, most of these guys and ladies that, that are running for different offices, they're pretty smart. Master's degrees, unbelievable life experience. They know things that we like to hear. Listen, I'm a guy that had th- uh, four girls uh, go to college. I'm very, very familiar with Navient and college debt. We understand that. We have college debt payments that are mortgage size. And I don't thank the Lord every time I send that bill away. Dear Jesus, thank you for this payment that I'm able to make every single month. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't really do that every time. You know, it's just a reality for us. You know, that's, that's and, and probably Mary and I, Marianne and I discuss this all the time. If we could go back and do it differently, yes, we would do it differently. But that's just where we're at right now. Uh, that's, that's part of life. So when I hear somebody say, if I become the so-and-so of the so- president of the United States or this big, big, big leader, blah, 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 if you vote for me, I'm going to forgive all college debt and nobody will ever have to pay a dollar to go to college anymore and uh, debt that's even in the past we're going to erase. I'm like, huh? Go on. I'm interested in that, right? So they know how to get us interested in things that are very, very personal to us. But we have to remember that person cannot be our hope. Our hope alone is in Jesus Christ. Here's number three, something we need to understand when it comes to politics. And this is the most important thing. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. That's in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10. You know, the positive part about American politics is that we can all get involved and somehow make a difference. That's not a bad thing. But we need to remember who we follow and who are primary allegiances to first. Listen, I'm an American. I'm proud to be American. I didn't know how much I loved being an American until I spent a few years living on foreign soil. You know, when we lived in a foreign country, we lived in the Philippines, we were missionaries for a while. And when we lived in the Philippines, there was was things we couldn't do. our, Our visas, driving, the our money, I mean, it was just very, very, we were just under the microscope all of the time. And, and, and it's, there's an instability when you live in a country who has a government that the system is not the same as the system of the United States. We take things for granted. Americans are very, very, very aware of their rights, but don't really understand all of their responsibilities as a whole. Like, oh, I have a right to do this, I have a right to do this, I have a right to do this. We're, my wife is into the show right now. <clears throat> It's this police show, and it shows like six or seven different uh, police on patrol in different parts of the country, and we were watching it last night. She, she watches it like every day. And last night, they caught this guy on videotape, okay? He, he hit and run somebody. It's on videotape. 
He gets out of the car. He starts running down the street, hiking his drawers up while he's running, running down the street, runs into somebody's backyard, jumps over somebody's fence, jumps over somebody else's fence. And these poor police officers, and it was kind of funny because they had the video cam on them and a cameraman chasing them, right? And the police, you know, and they have, they have bulletproof vests and all this stuff on them. But it was kind of funny because I, I felt like I was, I was connecting with this police officer that was in this chase, running, 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 running after this, this, this person who allegedly was the perpetrator, right? So he's running, and then he starts like, he maybe runs 20, 30 yards. You start hearing this. I'm like, I'm with you, cop. I am right with you right now. And then his, his breathing gets heavier. So the commentator says, while watching this live chase, it's not something that's, that's staged or anything. It's a live chase. The, the commentator says, well, you have to understand why the police officer's breathing so heavy. He's carrying an extra 30 pounds worth of stuff. Yeah, it's called a stomach, but that's okay, right? I'm not with him. I'm not hating on him. I would do the same thing. I don't want to be on microphone when I'm jogging, I promise you, okay? So they jump over a fence, right? And this guy that's, oh, oh, oh. I mean, he's just like starting to him, breathing super duper loud. Did anybody see this last night on TV? It's only on one of the 7,000 cable channels on your television, okay? So... He jumps over the fence, and it was awesome because this female police officer tackled him, had him down to the ground, and this guy who was running after was like, oh, you caught him before I did? And I was like, yeah, girl power. I was all pumped up about that, right? So this guy's on video, stole a car, driver's license suspended, um, hit and ran a car, ran, over, ran away from the police officers. And the first thing he says, the first thing he says when he's tackled to the ground, handcuffs are on him, you can't do that, I have rights. This guy's got no chance at all. The one night that TV crews are in his area and they saw the entire thing that he did. There's no way this guy gets off on what he did. But isn't that, isn't that just so, that's so typical of, of, of a lot of us, oh, I don't do that, I would never steal a car, I would never hit and run. I wanna tell you something. We are very aware of our rights. We talk about them a lot, you know? Um, and it's interesting that when Jesus was here on the... You, you know why the disciples started following Jesus? Because they believed that he was going to overthrow the immoral, corrupt government of the Roman Empire. They became his followers because they thought that Jesus was going to establish his kingdom on the earth when he was here. They had a misunderstanding of scripture. Even so much so that when Judas, when things were kind of going bad, right, Judas betrays Jesus, goes to, the, goes to the very people that are kind of against Jesus, betrays him for 30 pieces of silver because he was trying to provoke a war between heaven and, and earth, really, and thought he could be the one that could bring the kingdom into, the, in, into fruition, you know what Jesus did speak about when he was here on the earth? He spoke about the hypocrisy of religion. You know what Jesus did spend a lot of time talking about when he was here on the earth? That we should love God and love people. Spent a lot of time talking about that. He spent a lot of time teaching us not to judge others. He spent a lot of time teaching us how to make right decisions and moral decisions and give a life to God and be humble and be servants by his own example. But can I tell you what Jesus did not do when he was here on the earth? 
speak against Rome or its government except for this passage of scripture and when Jesus talked about it earlier when it came to paying your taxes that we're supposed to submit to the local government by which from where we live. And it kind of doesn't make sense. Because, you know, we, we think we live in an immoral, corrupt society, and for a lot of, and there are a lot of ways that we do, and it's true. But man, the Roman government was super duper immoral and corrupt. Slavery was predominant in their culture. Not that it ever was in the United States of America. It is the black eye of our historical past. No question about it. We still pay prices for that today. But this was a very, very, very corrupt government. Jesus very easily could have stood up one day and said, it's done. Called down the angels from heaven, wiped out the Roman government. But that's not why he came. He came to seek and to save the lost. And sometimes we get diverted, right? It's not that it's not important, but we miss the most important thing. The most important thing. And that's about Jesus Christ. What, what would be, let me, I'm going to ask you a question. What is the most Vocal you are when it comes to social media, conversations, what do people know most about you? Is it your nationality? Is it what candidate that you're for or against? Is it what policy that you're for or against? Is it your stuff? You know, I saw a picture yesterday, somebody posted, uh, they were, and we all do this, right? Picture of their house, picture of their cars, picture of their stuff, you know, what we communicate with people on our social media, that's what we're telling people is the most important thing to us. We have to be careful with that. Is, is the most important thing in your life your family? That's a touchy subject, right? Your family should be extremely important to you, but is it more important to you than your relationship with Christ? There goes those cr- crickets again. Look at your social media. Let me ask you this question. When you go home today, look at your social media. What are the last 10 things that you talked about? Is Jesus, God, church, humility, serving, or loving others even in your top 10 of the last 10 things you talked about? Use your voice and draw people to Jesus. There will never be a politician or a president in our lifetime that will be a perfect leader, that will have nothing weird in their past. How many of you today have something weird in your past? Raise your hand in the air. Right, 12-year-olds are raising their hand, you know. Come on now, be honest. How many, have, how many have something in your life in your past that you never want anybody in this room to know about? Right, I got, my, both of my hands are up in the air. There'll never be a president, leader, leaders in our country that will make everything right, perfect financially for us. There's never, there's never gonna be, never, never, ever, 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 will there be a political candidate, president, senator, local government, or at any level that will be the perfect leader that make everybody happy. Has there ever been somebody that's run for public office that won two billion or two million votes to zero? Has that ever happened? Like even in local government, you know what I mean? We say it's a landslide if it's 59%. But churches need 75% to pass things. But that's a whole other subject matter, okay? But the only leader who will lead this country and our world perfectly is Jesus Christ. So here's some things to remember when you vote. Number one, vote with gratitude. Vote with gratitude. A lot of men and women paid a very high price for us to have the freedom we have today for us not to abuse it. We have to be careful with that. We have to be very careful with that. Uh, 
We have folks in our, in our service this morning that have served in, in, in the armed forces. If you served in the armed forces at some level, raise your hand up in the air. You didn't serve in the armed forces. Raise your hand up in the air. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, if you're ever broke and you need to go out to lunch and you need somebody to buy your lunch, go out with Frank Gillespie, Pastor Frank, Dr. Frank Gillespie, my dear friend. He wears a hat that says Korean War Veteran, and every time we go out to eat together, somebody buys our lunch. It's awesome. I just get free lunch because I drive them there. It really just works out to be fantastic. But people paid a lot. Moms and dads lost sons and daughters so that we can vote. People's personal lives changed forever so that you and I can have the freedoms that we, sh- that we have today. So listen, whether or not you vote or not, listen, whatever you do, just do it with gratitude. Don't be angry at our country. Don't let people... Do people, when they see you, do they say, man, that person's angry. They're mad. Is that the kind of countenance that you have in your life? Or do you have uh, the countenance and communication from your life that you have gratitude? And here's the other part, too. Many countries in the world don't have this right. When we lived in the Philippines, they had a big national election. When you go to vote in the Philippines, other countries do this, too. Uh, our missionaries to Guatemala, uh, Brandon and MJ Doyle, had a big election last week in Guatemala. Uh, Here's a kind of a cool concept. They vote on the weekends. I kind of like that. I think it's a good idea. But um, so when they vote, they get a, like, and some of you have seen this on TV, that some kind of stamp or ink thing on their finger, right? You know there are countries where people have gone and voted, got the stamp or ink thing on their finger, and when they went out into their towns, people saw that stamp or ink thing on their finger, they got killed for that. They gave their life just to vote, right? And, and, and our, there, there are not countries that are like the United States all over the world today. Most countries don't have the rights that we have. But with those rights, we have a, a tremendous amount of responsibilities that we need to remember. Number two, vote with wisdom. Know why and who you're voting for. Listen, I said this to you earlier, so don't misunderstand, don't misunderstand me. The opinions are very, very loud on the left and the right. They're very, very loud. And what we have to make sure is, listen, I want to make sure that I vote, not because CNN or MSNBC says this, not because Fox News says this. I want to vote because when I read the Bible, I'm not contradicting the Scripture. That's how I want to vote. I try to vote that way. You know what that means sometimes? You've got to be smarter than the stuff that you hear on the television. I can get all kinds of amens for that, right? You with me this morning? We have, to be, we have to do our homework. And listen, it's got to be more than what Wikipedia says. Wikipedia is not authority. I don't know if you understand that this morning. But we have to have the wisdom to know why and who we're voting for. Know what they're for. Know what they're against. Don't take the, don't take the word of the extreme media to the left or to the right. Vote with wisdom. Listen, be a good steward of your voice. Be a good steward of, uh, of the opportunity you have to express yourself in that way. Be a good steward of it. Number three, vote with prayer. The Bible tells us in the book of James, ask God for wisdom, and if you do, he will give it to you liberally. Yeah, liberal's in the Bible, so don't get, your, you know, don't get yourself upset. Ask God to give you wisdom, and he will give it to you liberally. God, give me wisdom, because I don't know what to do here. I'm not sure what the right thing is to do. With my voice, with my vote, with my influence. I want to do what's right by you, God. I want to make sure that I'm following your principles, not what everybody, not all the noise. Man, there's a lot of noise out there. 
So much noise. <laughs> December 2020, come on, right? Vote with prayer. Trust God. Number four, vote with hope. Vote with hope. Listen to this verse out of the book of Micah. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love with mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? There is hope in the name of the Lord. There's hope. Vote with hope. Romans 5.5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Number five, in the spirit of Aretha Franklin, who's dearly departed, for, nearly departed from us, vote with respect. Let's spell respect. You ready? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. We could sing that. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? Vote with respect. Respect the candidate and the outcome. We get, boy, we get, wow, I can't believe, I didn't vote, I don't know what just happened. This country's going to hell in a handbasket. When I was in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a very, very, very liberal area when it comes to politics, right? So we, you know, we were very, very careful, you know, to talk about things. I'm, I talked about things the way I talk about them here. And I had somebody come up to me one time and say, well, I'm going to tell you something. The thing I hate about Obama is this. I said, just shut your mouth. Learn how to respect the president of the United States in your conversation if you want to talk to me about any of this stuff. And he looked, well, you didn't vote for him. I said, you don't know that, number one. Number two, have respect because you are a child of God. Listen, you may not love the president, but you know what? You might not ever meet the president. You might not ever meet most people in political office. And we get mad. Boy, we get mad at stuff. Ah, I can't believe he said this. She said this. Ah. Right? We get really, really, really mad at that stuff. But what's your voice? What's your voice projecting? That you're against, you're mad, you're, you're a brawler, right? Or that you're respectful and you want your words, conversation, and lifestyle. You ready for this? To draw people not to the independent, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Communist, whatever party you want to vote for. I don't know. There's so many of them, right? Or that you're trying to draw people to Jesus Christ. That's our responsibility as believers, church. But we have to understand. We have to let our communication be seasoned with salt. We have to learn how to respect people even if we don't like them. How many of you have somebody in your life that you don't like? Raise your hand up in the air. Right? How many of you married somebody you don't like? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Don't <laughs> raise your hand. Right? We are commanded to love one another, but we're, it's, you know, the like thing is a little questionable in the Bible, right? Love one another. I agree, but I don't really like them. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of a thing in Scripture where we get a little pass on that, right? We don't, liking people is different than loving people because here's the thing. We're commanded to love everybody. You know what? God puts a lot of HTL people in our life. Hard to love. How many of you have somebody hard to love that's even in your own family? You can raise your hand up. Then you can look at your family member in your row and say, is it me? Is it me? Okay, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Right? We need to vote with respect and for the candidate and the outcome. Here's, here's, here's a couple questions and I'll read these questions and we'll pray. 
What do you talk about more, cultural hot topics or Jesus Christ and hope? Here's our questions. I'm going to answer them. Ready? I'm going to directly answer the questions that were put up on the board earlier. Number one, can I vote for a candidate that I am told is a racist? Here's the answer. Judge not lest you be judged. Know the whole story. Know the whole story. If you can't, then don't. Then don't do it. Number two, easier. Is abortion something that should persuade me to vote one way or the other? Yeah, abortion's the murder of unborn babies. It's hard. But our message should be forgiveness and grace and an answer and help and hope. Let me say this to you, church. Sanctity of life is a lot more important than the sanctity of rights. The extremes of both sides have points. You cannot justify what happens, the ages that allowed to happen, the taxpayer money that's used for it. But sometimes... When we say we don't like something, we're telling people we don't like them. We need to be careful of that. One of our church members, and we, we do a, a fundraiser, we, did it, we do it at Easter, and we finish this on Mother's Day for Life Talk. It's a clinic that helps moms make right decisions when it comes to the birth of children. There's a lot of moms, there's a lot of moms that saw that sonogram and said, I'm going to have this baby. And you know what that place does? They help them afterwards with hope, with resources with things that'll help them because it's scary it's a super duper scary time our position is to love people that have gone through this and educate and to be involved and help people face this without throwing the bible at them but opening up to them number three is it wrong not to vote if i cannot support any candidate listen you have a right to vote for whoever you want to vote for You have a right not to vote. That's your right. You can absolutely exercise your right in that way. I'll tell you something one of my daughters said to me. And they they went and voted and came back. And we're all at the house talking about it. Oh, who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for? We've got to talk about it. And she said, Dad, I, I couldn't vote for either of them. So I wrote your name in for President of the United States. So I'm here today to announce my campaign to run in 2020, right? I want to double my votes. I want to go from one to two next year, right? Vote. Listen. Object. It's okay. Just don't be a big loudmouth baby about it that makes people not want to know Jesus. That's tweetable a little bit. You can write that down and tweet that. Not Facebook because it's for old people. Number four. What really are the most important issues for Christians to consider when voting? Number one, biblical issues. Secondly, morality. Next, freedoms that impact our ability to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The next one, freedoms that hinder the convictions of the church. Freedoms that would keep the church from being able to follow the word of God the way that we believe that God has has, has deemed us to do so. And one of the most important things to consider when Christians are voting for a candidate make sure they're not for anything that would cause you to sin right it's hard we'll talk about it again next year be here the sunday before november 2020 when we all go to the polls and we're super happy to do that but while you're formulating your opinion while you're trying to figure out how to kind of navigate through all this stuff make sure this is what's guiding you i love this verse in the bible in the book of psalms and it's 
Psalms 119, I talked about it last week, the longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, the, the middle chapter in the Bible, Psalm 118. The smallest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117. It's kind of cool. But Psalm 119, God's word says this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And if you think about it, God's word can illuminate, if we submit to it, right? Everything that's in front of us, all the big picture stuff in life, like really, really big, gigantic, life-changing, who am I going to marry? Where should I work? Where should I live? You know, all those big, big, big decisions in our lives, right? Thy word is a lamp, is a light to my feet, but it's also a lamp for my feet. I, I didn't wear these sneakers on purpose, but it really helps make this point very, very real. I have very big feet. And when I'm walking around my room at night, sometimes when I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to do what 52-year-old, 53-year-old guys do, I stub my toes on stuff. I've got, before I go to bed, I make sure the path from my side of the bed to the restroom is very, very clear. Because if it's not, the whole house is going to wake up. Oh, my toe. Ugh, you know? My wife said, I'm going to keep, uh, uh, I'm gonna keep a uh, flashlight at your nightstand so you stop doing that because you wake me up all the time. But you know what's really cool when you think about it, the Word of God? God wants you to use His Word for every little tiny step that you make in your life. Things that seem insignificant. I need you today. And it just teaches us this. Please be active. Vote. Share your voice. Be responsible. Be a good steward. All that kind of stuff. But make sure the thing that people hear and see in you walking with every single day is this book right here. Because if you submit to this and you try, listen, you're not going to be like super Joe, mega awesome gladiator Christian tomorrow when you do so. It's a process that's going to take your whole life. And even up until the end, you're going to see Jesus face to face. And I think this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. We're going to see God face to face. The unchanging truths are there. If you know Christ as Savior, you're going to spend eternity with Him because the Word of God teaches us that. But I think there's going to be some things that happen when we get to heaven where we go, okay, I get it now because we're human beings, because we don't understand everything that God understands right now. And you know what? That just teaches us even more how much we need to cast our cares on Him because he cares for us. Can I invite you to bow your heads and pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. We need you, you, God. I need you not only to illuminate the next 10 years of my life, next 15 years of my life. When I think about retirement and all the things that, that are 15, 20 years away from me, I know I need to make plans for all that stuff, but I need to make steps in my life every single day towards that. I need to think about my influence and my, and, my, and my platform, not from the sake of a political standpoint, Lord, but from the sake of, I want to see people know and follow Jesus Christ. Help me to do that, God. Help us to see that, that, that some of this noise that's in our world today is this great, great distraction of, of, of Satan just using little tiny things to hit buttons in our lives to get us off center and off focus from, from, from being more like Jesus. God, I pray for our country. We want the best, most godly, most uh, loving, uh, strong leader candidate to to lead our country. But God, our hope's not in that. Our hope is in you. We submit to you. Help our words, our actions, 
the way that we treat others, the way that we approach our opinions. Lord, let it be seized with grace and love and kindness and mutual respect. People that don't vote or think the same that we do are not our enemy. Satan is our enemy. My wife and I just don't agree on everything, Lord, but I love that woman with all my heart. And there are people in this room that I don't agree with stuff on all the time. I'm not called to change their minds. I'm called to love them. Help us to see that, Father, and submit to you this morning. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd sure like to pray for you. Say, maybe there's a couple things that, that, that are heavy on your heart today. And listen, I don't care who you vote for. God bless you. Just vote. It's all good. I'm not going to be mad at you if you vote for somebody I don't vote for. I promise you I'm not going to be. And I'm never going to tell you from this pulpit who I vote for. I'll tell you at lunch sometimes, especially if you're buying. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. I want to talk about things that are important like Jesus Christ, honoring him, and how we can live an honorable life. Because no matter who wins in 2020, 2024, 2028, 2032, 2080, 2100, if Jesus doesn't come back, we don't know all that stuff. The hope of the world is Jesus. Let people see Jesus in us. Father, we love you. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as Savior, but you know that God loves you and wants to forgive you and wants to be a part of your life today by you accepting Christ as your Savior. Say, Ed, I don't know what would happen to me if I were to pass today. I don't know if I would go to heaven or hell, but I'd sure like you to pray for me because I'm just not sure about that this morning. I don't know if my hope is in Jesus Christ, but I will, with nobody else looking around, ask you to pray for me this morning. Is anybody like that? Just shoot your hand up in the air real quick and you can put it right back down again. God bless you. We're so glad you're here. God bless you. How many of you would say, Pastor, I know Christ is my Savior. I believe with all my heart that Jesus loves me. I prayed, invited him to come into my heart. I know I'm a child of God today. Not perfect, but I know I'm saved this morning. I just want to give a testimony to the Lord this morning by lifting my hand up in the air. Could you lift your hand up with me? If you don't know Christ as your Savior, pray with me this morning. Invite him to come into your life. Just say, Dear Lord, just pray that to him. You don't have to say it out loud. But say, Dear Father in heaven, please forgive me of all my sins. Would you come into my life and save me? I believe that you died so that I can be forgiven. I believe you're also alive. And now I'll forever live with you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Help me live in a way that honors you. If you prayed with me this morning, that prayer, say in Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. Just lift your hand up with me so we can thank the Lord for what he did in your life today. God bless you, ma'am. We're so, so glad you're here today. God bless you. Father, help us to be light and salt in the world. Help us to be wise. Help us to know who our true enemy is. Help the love of Christ constrain us. Help us, Lord, to see the things the way that you see them, not just the way that we see them. Help us to be more like you today. Father, I love you and thank you. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. And everybody say it with me together. Amen. Hey, we have something.